Hey, welcome to our Public Church podcast. We hope this message blesses you today. For more information on Public Church, please see us on www.public.church. How is everyone? Well, everyone's standing at the back. You can grab your seats, guys. Relax. Lockie, come up here. Quickly, quickly, quickly. Come up here, Lockie. Come on, let's give it up for Lockie Burnett. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Quick, quick, quick. This is a short one-hour meeting. So Lockie headed up a team, um, and these guys, come over here. He's always hiding behind a guitar, and um, he headed up a team that went over to Sri Lanka, and um, they ministered to over 4,000 Sri Lankan youth and young adults, and um, and prayed prayed and played their hearts out, and um, did an amazing job with the Youth Alive team, and Lockie's music, well, it's the Lord's music that the Lord downloaded into Lockie, has actually been downloaded or streamed over 800,000 times, which is absolutely amazing. So we just want to honour you, Lockie. You're a champion. We love you. Come on, let's give it up for Lockie. Does a great job heading up our worship team week in, week out. If you need any sparky work done, he'll be able to fit fire um, warning devices to your house at a very discounted price. No, he can't. Full rate. Are we ready? Let's get into the word. John chapter 12. You can have a break, Enzo. You've been doing an amazing job. You can relax. John chapter 12, verse 1. I want to talk to you this afternoon or this evening around passion. Not passion. All the teenagers start giggling. They might not even know what that word is, anyone under 20 years of age. Everyone say passion. passion. Everyone shout out passion. passion. Come on, nice and loud. Passion. passion. That is really good. So here we have a look at this. John chapter 12, verse 1. So it says here, six days before the Passover feast, Jesus came to Bethany where Lazarus was, whom he had died and whom he'd raised from the dead. So they made him a supper and Martha served. Everyone say Martha. Everyone say, Martha. But Lazarus was one of those who was at the table with him. Now Mary took a pound of ointment of pure liquid nard, which was a rare perfume. And it was very expensive. And she poured it on the feet of Jesus and wiped them with her hair. And the whole house that day was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples who was about to betray him, said, Why was this perfume not sold for 300 denarii, a year's average wages for an ordinary workman, and that money not given to the poor? Now, she, he did not say this because he cared for the poor, but because he was a thief. And having the bag or the money box or the purse of the twelve, he took for himself what was put into it, therefore stealing the collections. But Jesus said, Let her be. It was intended that she should keep it for the time of the preparation of my burial. Now, this is a fascinating passage of Scripture where we see this woman, Mary. She so overwhelmed. Jesus had just raised Lazarus from the dead. This guy was kaput, dead. He was mummified. He was um, wrapped in cloth and he was in the tomb and Jesus spoke and he was raised up from the dead. An incredible miracle that really the, the acclaim and, and, and the, the, the word would have just gotten out of what Jesus had actually done. Now we see that Mary, she's so overwhelmed with the fact that she now is in the presence of Jesus. There's something that she is so stirred. There's three things that I want us to have a quick look at tonight. 
whether you're the youngest person here with the most amount of energy, your heart is full of Jesus and you can't get enough. You're like the little energizer bunny for the Lord. You're normally down the front here moshing and worshiping your heart out, but you're a little bit shy today because there were some older people here in the building. We understand. Everyone say, oh. It's okay. Next Friday night, everything goes back to normal. Us adults will vacate this building and it will be your comfort zone again. Can I hear an amen from the adults? Mary was so overwhelmed with passion that she really wanted to acknowledge the fact that she had a heart that was so overwhelmed, that was so full of love for Jesus. I love the fact that we are a church that is so passionate. I love that we are bouncing around, jumping up and down. We've got great smiles on our face, but it's not enough that we would just contain this on a Friday or a Sunday afternoon, that our lives are a testament, are a testimony to the fact that we can have, not, we can have passionate lives because we serve a passionate God, a God that loves us, a God that has redeemed us, a God that has saved us, a God that has healed us, and a God that we continually lean on no matter what we're going through. We can put our full confidence and our full trust. Therefore, we should be the most passionate people on the planet. I was listening to a T.D. Jake sermon recently, and he, he was talking about Jesus came that we might have life and life to the full, a life that's overflowing, a life of abundance. He didn't come that we would just have nice, happy church where we would just come and have church services. He didn't come that we would just have church meetings and gatherings. They're great. But there's something amazing when we live a life that is overflowing the passion of Jesus Christ. Jesus came that we might have life and life more abundantly, a life that is overflowing, that is epivescent, that is full of energy. That doesn't mean that you just need to be a sanguine personality or an outgoing personality. You can be passionate in incredible ways. This lady Mary, my first point is that she gave God her best. Young person, if you want to be set up for an amazing life, where God is at the center of it, hold nothing back. If you give God your best, He will add so many great things to you. If you're faithful in small things, He's going to download and give you more things. This lady that was overcome with a passion for Jesus, that was a life that she wanted to express, she held nothing back. This perfume was over 30 300 denarii, an average worker's wage, an average worker's employment for a whole year. She poured out that perfume. She held nothing back. This was an incredible display of generosity. This was an incredible display of, you know what, I'm going to grab the most valuable thing. And I want to let you know, Jesus, that you are number one in my life. You're not playing second fiddle. You're not playing third. You're not just making up the numbers. I'm not just going to be excited about you today, Jesus, because you're here. And I'm going to high five you, slap you on the back. And I'm going to forget about you for six days. I'm acknowledging that there is value in, in my relationship with you, there is value in what I'm placing. Therefore, I'm holding nothing back and I'm giving you everything. 
How incredible is that? Because that's the whole kingdom of God. In order to get life, this life that's more abundantly, that more overflowing with abundance, in order to get this life, you actually have to give your life away. And as you give your life away, as you, as you um, don't fuel or feed the, the flesh or the carnality of our lives, as we give our lives away, at that point, that's when we get life. Turn to the person next to you and say, I want life. The second thing that I notice here is that not only did she give her best, but she worshipped God radically. This was a radical demonstration. I'm reminded of the other time there was a radical demonstration of incredible celebration and worship where David danced around with just a loincloth on where, where other people were looking on and they were quite taken by it all and it was an embarrassing situation. But David didn't care. If we're to be a people that have an overflow of the passion of God in our lives, if we're to be a people, we need to be a people that understand what it is to worship God. The Bible says, as you see him, you'll become like him. Some of us need to spend more time in worship and glorifying and magnifying God. Maybe turn off Hamish and Andy and actually, actually spend some time bathing and basking and pressing into the presence of God. If you're feeling down, anxious, depressed, do you know what the greatest remedy is? Is to actually spend time in the presence of God. As you see Him, you'll become like Him. As you wait upon the Lord, you will have your strength renewed and you'll rise up with wings of eagles and you can fly above your situations and your circumstances. That's not downplaying real life situations and real things that are going on. Mary, at this point in time, she obviously gave an expensive gift and poured out that perfume, but it was an act of her heart. It was a response. Was, she was moved in her heart, and as she was moved in her heart, it was an incredible act of worship. It was an act of adoration. It was an act of being in awe. The world has some amazing performers some amazing artists, um, Disney, Hollywood, they, they throw their absolute best at us, but nothing can come close to being in the presence of God. We need to place value on being in the presence of God. If you've grown up in church, don't be familiar with the presence of God because let me tell you, there's nothing greater than a life transformed by being having an encounter with Jesus. Number three. Passionate people, they don't care what other people think, but they care more about what God thinks. Passionate people don't care what other people think, but they care more about what God thinks. I want to be obedient to God no matter what the cost. There was a moment in my life where um, I was contemplating my next step in ministry, my next step with our family. It was about four years ago, and I sat down with a pastor friend of mine. And as I sat down with him, I said, you know what? I think this would be a good scenario. I talked about maybe running a campus for another church over here. 
if I ran that campus for that particular church, then I wouldn't have to move my household. I wouldn't have to move my kids out of the sporting clubs that they were in. At the same time, I'd keep Renee happy because Renee never wanted to move again after I moved her from Adelaide. Ten, or at that time, it was six years earlier. So here I was, the kids are in school, and I thought that if I could sort of just keep Renee happy, if I could keep the kids happy, if I could keep this pastor happy, who had great, um, I had great respect for and still do, if, if I could keep all of those people happy, and therefore I was seemingly outworking what I felt God had put in my heart, I'd agreed with that pastor, do you know what, let's go ahead with that, I'm going to do that. I walked away from that um, that, that meeting, and immediately I had this sickness in the pit of my gut. I just thought, you know what? I'm trying to keep Renee happy, which is a good thing to keep your wife happy. Can I hear an amen for all the, all the ladies? Amen. I was trying to keep the kids happy. I was trying to keep a, a great man of influence happy. I was trying to somehow keep myself happy by outworking ministry in that capacity. But I had to ring up that pastor just a couple of days later and say, do you know what? That was a good idea, but it wasn't a God idea. And I sat down and I explained, do you know what? I'm trying to keep Renee. No, 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 no. He's like, you know what, mate? I respect you because you always need to be obedient to whatever God puts in your heart. This woman, Mary, what an amazing woman of God. Such a life of passion. It, this story, as it's told in, in the Gospel of Mark, it actually says her act of generosity, her act of passion, wherever the Word of God will be written throughout the course of time, throughout history, what she has done will be told in memory of her. This, this is an incredible moment in history where this woman is being overwhelmed and she's outworking great passion and love for God. But she didn't care with the fact that, you know what? Judas Iscariot, it was marked there very clearly. He was looking on going, what a waste of money. What are you doing pouring out that perfume? Do you know what could actually be done with that? And do you know what? At different times, listen to this, young people, older people alike, at times there will be moments in your life where God will challenge you to step out in faith, step out in an act of obedience. It might not always make perfect sense, but you know that there's a joy that's bubbling up and, and it's overwhelming in your heart as you know, God, I know there's nothing more on this earth I want to do than to be obedient and to please you above all else. And there'll be moments in our lives where God wants us to have um, ridiculous or audacious steps of faith to say, you know what, Lord? You know what, Jesus? You are my Lord. You are number one and you are my Savior. You're number one. I submit to what you want me to do. I submit to where you want me to go. I submit to what you want me to do, God. Therefore, in order to do that, all of a sudden, it's like everything just gets aligned it's like going to the chiropractor, a good chiropractor, and having uh, manipulation and being realigned right up straight so that you can pin your shoulders back and walk confidently and walk straight because you know what? You've done nothing else but you've pleased the Father's heart. There's something so precious. There's something so beautiful. Passionate people don't care about what other people think. They care more about what God thinks. 
If I could get Enzo to come back up, that would be great. Passionate people, fourth and last, they bring a sweet-smelling fragrance wherever they go. I want to ask you politely, what do you smell like tonight? Not what you physically, not what your senses are smelling, but what do you smell like tonight? When you go into your school or you go into your university, you go into your place of employment, you go into your business practice and and you're engaging in conversations and you're having interactions with people and you're, you're doing life, what does it smell like in your family? What does it smell like in your home? The Word of God so clearly says that when she broke open that, that perfume, there was a byproduct of that perfume being broken open out of an incredible act of, of worship, out of her giving her best, out of her not caring about what anyone else thinks. There's something about life that just smells so amazing when you know they've just spent time with Jesus. Well, they're not just spending time with Jesus, but they're actually outworking what He would have them do here on this planet. They're living a selfless life. They're living a life that's incredibly overflowing and full of joy and passion. It's not manufactured. It can't be stirred up or you can't hype it up. But it's an inward joy. It's an inward passion that's just so contagious it's like oh I just I just want to be around them I, I don't know about you but there, there's this this is wonderful man of God this man by the name of Reggie Dabbs he probably would have spoken to more Australian teenagers over the last 20 years than any other human being in the history of our nation he, he gets angry if he flies all the way from Miami lands at the Brisbane airport And if you don't have a school lined up for him as he walks off the tarmac and into the car that picks him up, if you don't have a school for him straight away, he's like, what are you wasting my time for? We're like, well, grouchy Reggie, bad flight. He says, guys, I haven't come around here just to play golf. I've come around here because I've got the love of God in my life. I've got a word for these young people. I'm passionate about what I do. You better not waste my time. You better get me into as many schools as you can because I'm so passionate about a passionate God that loves young people. Now, Reggie Dabbs can get on a plane and fly all the way back to Miami from Florida. Anyone who's interacted with him on that one week while he's been with us, it's like, man, there's something about this guy. He just loves loves young people. He just wants to share the love of God. I've been with him after he's done seven schools. But then I see him stop, get up in the middle of eating his meal. And there's a smiling young person on the other side of the restaurant. <gasps> Sorry, Reggie. Um, I, I heard you at the school today. Um, can, can I take a selfie? Reggie gets in there. Great photo. Gives her a hug. 
as I see you at the at the event on this Friday night and hands out. He always carries free tickets and hands out some free tickets so that just one more young person can give their life to Jesus. Oh. What do you smell like? The Bible says the whole house was filled with the fragrance of that perfume. When you worship God radically, when you give your best, when you don't care about what other people think, there's a sweet-smelling fragrance that we don't have to put on a Christian smile and a handshake. It just comes off of us. People notice it. People can sense it. They can sense that on the work in the, in the workplace that there's something where someone needs something extraordinary or someone's going through something that's drastic or someone's going through a trauma and we're available there. Because at that point, we can be the people that bring that life, that life that is abundant, that life that is overflowing.